0: And welcome back to a podcast designed exclusively for Enduring Ideas Decision Makers. That's you. And today we have a little bit of a different podcast for you. Today uh, I'm going to introduce you to someone who's been very important to this process but that you haven't gotten a chance to meet yet. So, you know, when you lead processes for co-creation there are so many people that are involved in making sure that that infrastructure works. And for me, there have been a lot of people involved who have helped me think about, as the person that designs the structure, the space for other people to co-create, how are we really thinking about the How much power we hold as facilitators um, and being careful about that and um, curious about that and aware of that and then also the folks around me you know we all think a lot about how are we learning in this process and how do we facilitate learning for decision makers and for applicants who go through this process how do we make it the best possible process from a learning perspective in particular for the folks who are participating. And you've met Veronica and Steph, who've been so instrumental to that. Mike, who's a decision maker, has also been incredibly instrumental to that. Um, And there's another person you haven't met yet, who is Tia Morris. So Tia is my, you know, I've described myself as a guide. She's kind of the co-guide for this process, kind of behind the scenes. And for months now, she's been helping us really think about how do we create a learning journey for all of you, all of the decision makers, how do we make sure this is a great experience for you? How do we make sure that we're really keeping tabs on um, on what and how you could be learning as you go through this process and, and taking some of the lessons from this decision making process to other aspects of your lives, whether at school or at work or in your personal lives. And she has just been instrumental in the design of this work. and. Tia in the next um, couple of meetings is going to be a lead learner. So she's going to be jumping around into different groups, just kind of listening, learning, um, documenting, and thinking with you all um, as kind of a quiet observer. And so you're going to see her um, in some of your groups. You're going to see her in these meetings. And so I wanted to give you a chance to be introduced to her. So this podcast is going to be my short interview with Tia. To explain kind of why she's part of this process, what she's hoping to learn, what she's hoping you all might learn from this process, and just why she's involved. So excited for you all to meet Tia. She is an incredible human being, as you will hear, in the next 10 minutes. Um, And she also just gives some really amazing words of wisdom for what to think about as decision makers when you're engaging in this work. Okay, without further ado, I'd love to introduce Tia Morris, uh, co-chair of Enduring Ideas um, for this process and also executive director of Teach for America New York.
1: Hi, Tia. How are you doing? Hey, Samana. I am doing well. Um, Happy New Year.
2: Happy New Year. I
1: I just introduced you a little bit before this to our podcast listeners, but I'm curious if you wanted to give a quick introduction for all of our decision makers who are going to be listening to this um, of just who you are.
2: Sure. My my name is Tia Morris. I consider myself a servant leader and a warrior for social justice. Um, and I currently serve in a role as executive director for the New York City region of Teach for America. Uh, I am a Teach for America alum. I did the core in 1998, and so I've been dedicated to teaching and education and kids and justice and equity all my life, but have been working formally in it for you know almost 25 years now. Um, and I am uh, a constant learner, so really excited to be part of this process and have the privilege to get to know the folks who are doing this really, really important, innovative and exciting work.
1: Thank you, Tia. And we are so excited to, to have you on board. And I'm just so thrilled to, that you're gonna be introduced to all of our decision makers and our whole crew here. Um, so I'm curious, uh, that was a beautiful introduction by the way, and I'm curious, um, you know, based on your purpose and passions and work, why get involved with Enduring Ideas? What were your kind of personal
2: motivations? Well, I'm, I'm personally motivated by, I, I just personally, I have an entrepreneurial spirit uh, and mm-hmm. I believe that, um, I believe that innovation can exist in an environment of fear. And so I am always interested in um, in opportunities that create spaces to support uh, innovators, to support entrepreneurs, to support those who are doing great work. And in thinking about um, you know those people, entities, who often um, get the sort of like financial support for work, I, I think that there's often untapped, unseen heroes who are often unsung. And mm-hmm. so to have an opportunity to be part of something that is supporting at the ground level and sharing power with those who are most proximate with issues, I think is, is, a, is a great thing. And so it's really exciting to see um, the voice of youth, the voice of other leaders um, who are maybe older, um, you know, coming together to, to do this work. Um, and one particular piece that stood out to me that was just the the power of young people, the power and passion in young people, the potential in young people. And when I look at so many movements, um, you look at the civil rights movement, for example, uh, a lot of the leaders were young people. The young people will, mm-hmm. will, will, will show us the way, and so I love that this mm-hmm particular program focuses on the voices of young people as well and helping to shape the solutions for our communities.
1: Thank you, Tia. And, you know, you kind of already got into this a little bit, but um, decision makers are about to go into decision making, like really, you know, debating with each other and co creating these decisions together about these awards uh, but few of them are grant makers in their day-to-day lives um, or philanthropists in their day-to-day lives and so I'm curious you know how do you think people could pull lessons from this deliberative process into their work lives or school lives you know what are the lessons we can pull from this kind of deliberative process into what we do every single day that's a great
2: question. Um this opportunity being decision makers um for uh, for programs such as this i think brings a lot of opportunity for learning and a lot of opportunity for growth um there's one just the opportunity to learn from all of the fabulous organizations that we will be meeting um and and you know reading about meeting and so there's so much good work happening there just learning from those is one one sort of set of learning and really taking any innovations, ideas that we see to think about like, how, how do they apply or how could they apply to my own context? I think that's one piece of it. I think also the process of itself is a journey, like a really beautiful journey, mm-hmm. like this process of um, co-creating. I think I don't see many spaces where adults and youth are working alongside each other to make decisions, to create possibilities. And I think that's the future of leadership, you know, in this country. And so Mm -hmm. just this experience, I think, could provide a model um, for how we might go about approaching our day to day work. And so I do think that the process in in and of itself, um, with sharing voice um, alongside those whose voices are sometimes ignored and some of the decisions that that shape our communities could just be a great lesson as well for, for organizations. And one last thing yeah, to I, that. One last thing yeah. I wanna just add to that. I don't know that the way that our society is set up um, that it always encourages or provides opportunities for young people to proactively lend their voices to decisions. And Mm. I'm hoping that in addition to organizations being inspired to really re-examine how we all do our work and how we're incorporating voices that young people are inspired to lift their voices up and other contexts to lift their voices up in some of the decision making happening. And that, you know, adults who are running organizations or just in their general lives are inspired to really um, elicit and lift up the voices of young people as well.
1: Absolutely. Um, a couple of podcasts ago, we had Rosie Molina, who has been a decision maker um, on this crew for a year and a half now um, in different capacities, and who is now a freshman in college, and she spoke a little bit to the fact that, you know, sharing power in these types of, um, in these types of communities, in these types of ways, helped her understand how to advocate for her own power and agency at her school, when she saw the things were really not happening in the way that she thought were were fair or just, and so I mm-hmm. think that's right, and I think it's also a really important thing, you know, I think a lot about Um, having worked in education nonprofits for so many years and for so many years, really not working alongside young people and how Mm -hmm. much I've learned that that was a mistake and how, you know, and thinking about the amount of decisions that I had the privilege of making over and over again as a leader at education nonprofits um, and how so little them were informed not just by young people, but just by co-creating with community members um, and folks who, you know, are actually doing the work. And so, um I think all the points you raised are really really important um I, one thing you know I love that you focused in the last question about learning because um you know folks who are listening to this um, and who are in this process should know that you have been so critical behind the scenes in thinking about the learning journey of people who are going through this and um you know how to apply these lessons to their lives and um I remember you saying you know, um, you said something to me a couple of weeks ago, which was something like, "For busy people, you know, useful things are delightful, um, and being able to apply these lessons to their to their day to day lives is delightful." Um, and so, we've been mm-hmm. really focusing on that. You know, how do we how do we make these learnings applicable to folks? Um, and so, I'm curious if you have any, you know. If you have any examples of how you might apply some of the lessons that you'll be learning in your work, you know, is there anything that you are doing moving forward that you um, are really hoping to take some lessons from enduring ideas forward into um, so that folks can start thinking about, you know, what are the things that I'm working on that maybe I don't implement this, you know, full scale across everything I do, um, but that I can start to take small steps towards that kind of co-creation.
2: It's funny that you mentioned that, because as you were talking about um, Rosie's experience, I was jotting down a note to myself um, that I wanted to bring back to my team, an idea that came to me for how you know <laughs> how I might wanna work with you. So it's, it's really interesting that you say that, um, or that you asked this question. Uh, I mean, first of all, I'll say that you're sharing rosie's experience just highlighted for me my process and you know Mm. i know that i know that folks who are involved here i know that you guys don't know me yet you'll get to know me a little bit more but you should know that i i come from a low income background you know i was homeless pretty much all of my high school career didn't have much but i felt the thing that i did have um, that i've been thinking a lot about is i had proximity to people in positions of power and I had access. And so, you know, despite, you know, the many challenges I was navigating personally at home, you know, in my sort of school life, I was asked by the superintendent to be part of a council. You know, I, I was part of a juvenile justice uh, committee in our city. I was part of like a number of spaces mm-hmm. where I was interacting regularly with adults to make decisions to help shape programs to do work. And uh, you know, this is the first time I've actually reflected on how that proximity and how those opportunities shaped where I am today, like the leadership like Mm -hmm. They gave me the confidence, they gave me the experience, they gave me the language to be able to navigate spaces. So I was a student activist in high school. I was a student activist in college. I did go on to help found a network of charter schools. And I'm like, none of those things are coincidental. And so I think back to Mm -hmm. like those experiences that I didn't even think were, you know, that big of a deal at the time and how much they've actually led to where I am today. So one of the things I'm thinking about is You know i have the privilege of of leading the largest region of teach for america what can i do to work more closely in bringing the voices of young people and yes while we're shaping we're in the process of reshaping our regional vision and so we're talking to students and we're talking to parents and community leaders and teachers because i want to speak to those most proximate but we have a number of boards um, for Teach for America New York, we have alumni boards and we have a, 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 an advisory board and we have a junior board, but what if we were to have some sort of body of young people who we were more formally engaging with? And so I'm really exploring the ways that um, we make the big small for Teach for America New York and how I can encourage my team to not yeah. just in ad hoc ways reach out to young people, but to build it into who and how we operate.
1: Wow. Um, thank you so much, Tia. I, you know, folks don't know you yet. Hopefully they know you a little bit more after this conversation. And I cannot wait for them to to get to know you even better through um through the next couple of weeks. And, you know, I, I can't express enough how having you as a partner in this journey has shaped the journey that decision makers are going through and the learning journey that all of us are going through. So a big thank you, Tia, for being a partner in this process and just so excited for you to to be in community with folks um, starting next
2: week. Thanks so much, Danana, for having me. And thank you all for allowing me the opportunity to, to learn alongside you, work alongside you, support you in any way I can.
0: All right, there you have it. I'm hoping that you are as inspired by that conversation as I was when we had it. And I'm so glad that you got a chance to meet Tia this way and that you'll continue to get a chance to learn more from her and with her over the next couple of weeks. Very excited for this week where we really start to dig into decision-making. We are really going to be debating and deliberating these different applications. Some more people that you'll meet um, are your team leads. So each small group will have a facilitator who is there to take notes and keep time. And so you'll meet them this week, too, as we really dive into decision-making and making sure each applicant has, you know, approximately the same amount of time and um, some really good notes on your discussion. So welcome to the first week of real decision-making. We're so glad to have you all here in this process, as always. If you have any questions, you know where to find me. Appreciate y'all and hope you have... um, a really wonderful time discussing and deliberating your applications this week. As always, very grateful to you and see you soon.